We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. In this episode, Ravi Karani and I talk about startups, aliens, and why it's important to have persistence when trying to bring a new idea into the world. Ravi's company, Sutro Connect, is transforming the way pool and spa owners take care of their water. Their smart water monitor automatically measures water parameters and sends it to the cloud. With these measurements, pool and spa owners can now know what chemicals to put in their water to keep it safe. If you have a pool or spa, you should definitely check this out. Ravi has been working on this idea for the past five years, and it's near and dear to his heart. Because as a boy, he worked at his father's pool store and was also a pool boy. I met Ravi a couple years ago through the Hustle Ambassador Facebook group and now help him with Sucho's PR and marketing. We talk about a wide range of things, including impact investing, safe water, aliens, coronavirus, and persistence. The one practice we dig into is how to take time to get clarity on what you're working on by cleansing your mind and getting rid of your mind's TV static, as he puts it. Doing that can help you open your mind to new things. You might hear some noise in the background. No, those aren't the aliens, but a lively meeting in the next conference room. For some reason, our soundproof room did not mute it all out. I guess that's what you get when you record live and in person. Now, let's get ready to get better together. Well, hey, uh, this is uh, Ravi Kurani of Sutro. You got it right this time. I got time. it right this time, thank God. Um, we're going to re-record this because we tried to record this in the car on the on the rental car in Atlantic City, and it sounded like awful. So we're gonna do it in a soundproof sort of room where you can hardly hear anyone. We're at Focus was, Studios. Maybe the room that like Ansel Adams once sat in. Oh yeah. At some point in time, or yeah. maybe Adolf Gasser when he was making his prints from World War Two. Yeah. So this is Focus. What what is exactly is this place again? It's called. Focus Scientific Facilities, Foci, Foci Labs, and Focus. 
Two um, kind of two kind of separate businesses I get run out of here. Yeah, on Second Street in San Francisco, it is the worldwide headquarters of Sutro Connect. Sutro HQ. <laughs> Sutro HQ. Yo yo. Um, and yeah, we're gonna do the discussion that we had in the car after the Atlantic City Pool and Spa Show, which, uh, well, we'll talk a little bit about why we were there, what that means. But uh, before we do that. Ravi, why don't you uh, give us a little background about uh, who you are and where you came from, and eventually we'll figure out what, what you're doing at Sutro. Yeah. Um, name is Ravi Kurani, which, which Jari seems to have a really hard time getting my last name correct. Um, live up in San Francisco, I guess, rewinding back to somewhat the beginning. Uh, born and raised in Southern California. I have a background in engineering. Um, ended up actually working at a venture capital fund in India that focused on impact investing. Um, that basically means that we focus on giving money to entrepreneurs and companies that build products for people who live at the bottom of the pyramid, um, less make, who usually make less than $2 a day. Um, a lot of the companies we funded were around poverty alleviation, around um, people getting access to food, helping villagers uh, farm better, um, water, water scarcity, water safety issues. And so from that, I kind of realized that there was a bunch of things we were funding in water filtration. How do we fix water? But nobody really knew what was wrong with water, water sensing. And so we set out to build a water sensor, tried selling it to the Indian government, which was probably the stupidest thing a startup can ever do. Um, don't try to sell to a big government when you're when you're a small startup. Duly noted. That'll yeah. be the lesson learned from that. Um, came back to the U.S. because Dad had a chain of pool and spa supply stores in Southern California. Um, we had this water sensor in one hand, and we're like, how do I take Dad's pool and spa supply stores, scrunch it up into a little box, throw them in this monitor, and give people an app? and throw it in people's pools so he doesn't have to be there to service pools himself. Um, and that was kind of the beginnings of what Sutro is, was, and is today. Is today, today, right, right. Come come a long way. It's been almost five years, right? Just about five years, yeah. So from idea to almost product that people can buy. Yep, yep. Five years. Yeah, it's... Uh, you know, when you're in the hardware business, hardware is hard for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I wish I could have just done software. <laughs> yeah, it's not as fun. It's not yeah, as software fun. has, what, 2.5 lives of hardware? I'd oh, my, easily. I'd yeah. be on my third software startup oh, at this point e in time. E easily. It wouldn't even be a contest, right? <laughs> I mean, quick to fail, quick yeah. to get up, but not as entrenched, right? When, once you have hardware, it's, it's so hard that it will it just stands the test of time, right? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. hard, to, hard to displace it. So... So that's so. Was your first gig at the VC firm, or did you work at another company before that? Um, I actually worked at NASA before. Oh. Um, so I was designing jet engines for the. I think it was the Boeing aircraft. I don't know exactly what aircraft it was going to go into, but we were just trying to make combustion more efficient. Um, so we were helping with the mix between the gasoline and the air, hmm. um, and we were just basically developing novel ways that you could mix air and gasoline in a in a combustion chamber so 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 you're a rocket scientist i guess you can say i'm a rocket scientist yeah i'm a jet engine scientist. I'm, a, I, I'm a rocket scientist i yes. always wanted to say that it's like yeah i'm a rocket scientist but now i test pool and no, spa water pools, yeah so that was like right out of college right out of college yeah right out of undergrad wow i didn't know i didn't know that about you yeah yeah and then i 
kind of got delusional of, of being like a pure NASA rocket scientist and wanted to join the Peace Corps. <laughs> and, my, and my Indian father was like, you're not going to join the Peace Corps until you get an MBA. Oh. As, 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 as everyone does. parents would, right? <laughs> and so I found a program in, in Monterey, um, which actually is a satellite college from Middlebury. Mm. And they had a Peace Corps and MBA program. And that's kind of... Oh, wow how I got into the impact investing game in India. Oh, I didn't even know they had that. Yeah. So you can kind of do both an MBA and impact investing, or more importantly, how to manage, like, taking business and putting it in the, I mean, third world's wrong. I don't know if that's the right term, but... In the developing world. In the developing yeah. world. Yeah. Huh. So, I mean, what what the, what led you to the Peace Corps, like, wanting to go in the Peace Corps? Um, I mean, I always did a lot of projects in undergrad and even like a high school and elementary school, just traveling with my parents, going to India. Hmm. Um, and then in high school, you know, we, we did a few projects in Peru. We went to Brazil. Oh, wow. um, even throughout college, I did, you know, we set up a um, computer, computer literacy camp in Peru um, in the villages right by Cusco. Um, so these, you know, villagers could connect with their family in Lima, which were working in the big city. Um, we ended up helping in, in undergrad build through the engineering program refrigeration for medical supplies oh, okay. for an orphanage in Fortaleza, Brazil. Mm. So I kind of, you know, always was dabbling with the intersection of like finance, engineering, business in the quote unquote developing world. Right. So I think working on rocket engines and jet engines was like cool, but I, I think this thing that I've always wanted to do or always maybe had inside me um, started to kind of come out and I was like, I, I Peace Corps just kind of seemed like the answer hmm. um, after a bit of testing and figuring out, you know, what the Peace Corps really is. It it definitely wasn't, which is why I went towards this impact investing route. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, that was kind of the, that was like the signal. That was the impetus towards walking down that line. Hmm. So since you were at NASA and a rocket scientist at NASA, the big question is, are there really aliens? Did they tell you that? We're not, I'm not part of Area 51. I mean, I, I only worked out of JPL. Oh, so. JPL, okay. So they don't tell you, like, it's no. like, okay, here, it's real. Oh, no, and I'm, the, and, and I'm the guy out of undergrad, right? So I'm, like, basically sweeping the floors, you know. <laughs> here, here's these thousand simulations. Go yeah. run them and tell us the concentration of jet fuel to air that's going to give us 0.1% more efficiency. Exactly. Yeah, that, that was basically my job. It sounds like a good move to go into impact investing Peace Corps. Was that part of you growing? I mean, when you grew up, you know, going to India, was that kind of part of it where you're like, wow, there's a lot of, a lot of challenges here? Yeah, I mean, you know, my, my dad came as a as a master's in chemistry from India, um, couldn't find a job, and you know, realized that while working and delivering chlorine for a pool store, um, that pool chemistry is very similar to chemistry. I mean, it is it is it's chemistry, chemistry yeah. right? So he ended up building a business. Um, while while coming to Los Angeles by getting into the pool and spa supply business, ended up building it to 30, 30 or so pool stores in the Southern California region. Mm -hmm. um, and the trips to India weren't so much like, you know, getting off the plane in India and like noticing the, what I would call the poverty, right? But like you, your eyes are open both when you're in the U.S. and when you're in India, right? And you're mm -hmm. like, there's clearly a stark difference. Oh, yeah from the pollution, from the way that people drive, from the way that they eat, from the way that they speak, from the way that they live. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying one's better or worse. It's just that... It's different. It's different. Sure. And so you just start to notice that, right? And you, you kind of start to think of like, if it's different over there and it's different over here, 
there must be opportunities to change things because people want different things. Um, and so that's kind of where I really started learning about, I guess you can say the human mind, right? The human, mm. the human psyche. Yeah. Um, working behind my dad's pool store counter, right? Because the son has to work behind the pool store counter of, <laughs> of, a, of a dad's pool store. Um, well, I mean, that gives you some unique perspective on what you're doing now, for sure. Exactly. I mean, you know, that's vital. So, so all of that kind of experience, is there anything that you do in like your daily life that, that was impacted by that, that you, you feel is something that, you know, just really allows you to kind of move towards your goals? Um, I think, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to talk about my dad, kind of like we were, I think he was a, he was a big inspiration in the fact that being an entrepreneur and watching him like open up these pool stores and relentlessly going into the pool store at 6am every morning, not coming home till you know, seven, eight at night, um, you know, having my mom support him both at the pool store and at home with, you know, me and my sister and taking care of us and allowing us the ability to learn instruments at band and dropping us off at, you know, soccer practice and all this stuff. Um, I think just seeing him as it was, was, was an inspiration for me in this, you know, five years of building this hardware startup. Like I'm nowhere close to what he'd been doing for 20 years before this. Um, and so I think that's, you know, something that I do take every day and every, every week, every month of like, I just have to power on forward. This is, yeah. This is only going to happen with persistence. And so, yeah, no, it's a good point. I mean, when we were at the show in Atlantic City, got to meet your dad. Yeah. He was, uh, what was the thing he was pitching? It was, it's ama- I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> I, I can see where Robbie gets the hustle from because his dad is just like, I mean, it was really cool. Yeah. He's on his, he's on his new thing now. He's looking at um, bridging the physical world with the digital world. So he's working on, um, informational kiosks, basically. Mm-hmm. So all these screens that you see around at malls and bus stops and airports. Um, right now, they're kind of in V1.0, if we want to call them, right? You can't, yeah. you can't touch, you can't feel them, you can't really access them. Um, he's building the accessible physical digital display. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and he had a lot of people at the booth. <laughs> it's just it's amazing. Yeah, he did. It was it was really interesting to see that at a pool and spa conference too. Yeah, right? like, they're not the most innovative bunch. No offense yeah. to the people that are listening, but it's it's hard to get them to move off the dime. So yeah, and so it, but is there like specific things that you do every day? Is there like uh, you know some people you know they have like a routine or what have you found that sort of is the kind of the secret sauce for Ravi to kind of do what you're doing yeah i mean i think if if we're going to talk about like biohacks or life hacks right kind i mean of you like could whatever call them that i mean i i don't typically use that nomenclature but there's a lot of people that do i mean again i mean so what what i like to get at is you know for me the things you do daily is what leads to success uh-huh. i mean it's just like it's the blue collar work it's the grind you want to call it that but it's like what do you do every day to make yourself that little bit better but also move the ball just a little bit forward given you know the frustrations of the world so that's sort of you know what we're trying to explore and you know along the way we'll have great stories about rockets and aliens (laughs) and stuff which you know i'm not gonna give up on the aliens thing no kidding yeah (laughs) but i mean stuff like that i mean because we had talked on the when we were in the car Mm -hmm. with all the nasty background noise that um that you meditate i do yeah i was i was just about to say that yeah. so i do go to a guided meditation once a week 
um, or try to when I'm when I'm in the country. Yeah. Um, but every every Wednesday in San Francisco, there's the Zen Center, and mm-hmm. there's an hour and fifteen minute guided meditation where there was about fifteen to twenty people in in a room together, and there is um, this program called Art of Living, which is run by a guru in India called Sri Sri Ravi Shankar. Mm-hmm. Um, to not not sound not sound culty, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just I just finished watching like Bikram and Wild Wild Country on Netflix, and I'm like, I don't want to go down that path. No, B- but, the Bikram yeah. guy. Well, yeah, yeah. You, I will put a link to that. Yeah, if you have Netflix, you need to watch. You that. totally do need to watch because that is just it's insane. Um, yeah, you don't want to be too culty. There's yeah various degrees of cultiness, but yeah, I get you. I know what but you know, I I really enjoy this practice that Shri Sri Ravi Shankar has put together, which is for lack of a better term, basically a breathing exercise, hmm. right? So you focus on breathing for an hour and 15 minutes. Um, and frankly, your body needs oxygen, right? So from hmm. a very scientific matter, you're just pumping more oxygen in your body and um, you clear your, you clean your brain out because you give yourself almost an hour and 15 minutes to kind of detox, mm-hmm. put your phone down and all you do is focus on this thing that you're doing. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, that, that allows you the ability to let whatever thoughts that you're going to have float through your head to think about them and then kind of purge them. Um, and you just kind of go through this like cleansing process, um, which is yeah what I try to do every Wednesday. Um, I try to definitely do some back and shoulder yoga, actually, mm-hmm. like maybe two times a week, one to two times a week. Um, sitting at a computer does take a toll at my like on my neck mm-hmm. and my shoulders. And sometimes when you sleep on your side, it just doesn't doesn't feel <laughs> that great. Um, so if you guys are all checking, here's a here's a quick link to yoga yoga by Adrian. Just Google that and look at the okay, look at the neck the neck and neck and back and shoulders. She does yoga a good, by Adrian. Okay. She does a great like ten minute morning yoga. Oh, cool! Doesn't take up that much time, and it cool. feel good after it. So, so do you, you only meditate once a week, or is it like? daily is it like a like through that hour long hour and 10 minute long kind of session the detox what do you take out of that for every day is it like they tell you to be you know i, I mean sometimes they have like and go off with intention <laughs> yeah 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 i mean there is there is like a so in terms of like replicating that every day there is like a shorter meditation that i'll do you know when i have the time or mm-hmm. if i like feel you know sleepy after your kind of morning or your your afternoon lunch yeah um you can there's like a 30 minute meditation you can do when you're just like laying down um which are just small little breathing exercises as well um in terms of like intention after the like the meditation it's different after every single one you go to because your problems are different every single week um and so there's not really like the same thing i walk away every single every single meditation but you you come out with clarity if there's anything that you do come out with that's like a that's a commonality that's a common denominator between all these meditations so a little more clarity on what may be the challenges of the week or whatever hmm. yeah yeah and i think it doesn't have the answer for you but i think just taking a second the the hour and 15 minutes to just not do anything and calm down and focus on breathing mm-hmm allows you the time for your brain to probably just process what will then make it clear after you're done, right? That's kind of, that's, I think, where the clarity comes from. Hmm. Hmm. So, so does that, that works for you? It totally does, yeah. I'll get, um, if I actually haven't gone for maybe three weeks, two or three weeks, um, I like to call it this, like, TV static, 
Hmm. I'll get this like TV static in my head. Um, oh, okay. Not that I can hear the TV static, but it's like <laughs> it's just like a mush of like really erratic thoughts, right? And especially running a startup, there's you know customers and employees and investors and finance and your computer's broken and your mouse doesn't work and the batteries are off and like you can start to get pissed off at these really really small things like you know damn it why are my like batteries gone on my mouse I just changed yeah. it again yeah I don't have batteries where am I gonna go get double A's it's like you. You let these small little loops drive you, drive you to the ground, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's the static. That's the TV static. Is where if you're, if you have this quote unquote clarity, you're like, yeah, I don't have batteries. Let me walk to the Target and take the time to call my mom. Right? Like you yeah. can, you can repurpose things, and you're not going to be pissed off that you don't have batteries for your mouse. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I do a daily meditation practice. Mm-hmm. At least I try and. Um... For the last 50 days, I've done that. And, okay. Uh, I don't, it's only 10 minutes a day. Yeah. And I do find that if I don't do it, um, I have mushy thoughts. Yeah, yeah. And in kind of what we're doing for a living, you can't really have mushy thoughts. I mean, it's good sometimes to have mushy thoughts, which means, you know, just like let it go. But if you if you run at a high level, especially a startup, you need to have the non not mushy yeah. thoughts. Well, because the environment you live in is mushy to begin with. Yeah, right. And so if it's you're... super chaotic too. Yeah. I mean, how, how do you deal with deal with the chaos um, on a daily basis? Because the, the, I know I know for a fact that, that there's a chaos on a daily basis. There is because yes. we work together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's just one foot ahead of the other, hmm. right? Because you can you can break the chaos down into small, discernible parts, right? And if you just figure out what the heck those discernible parts are, then you can you can attack each one of them stepwise. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And so, uh, I mean, do you wake up early? I do. I wake up at around between 5.30 and 6.30 every morning. And you think that's uh, kind of a good, like, I mean, for you, have you always done that? Because I know some people, like, they want to biohack their way to that. Yeah. Some people, like, should never wake up early. Sure. No, I think... <laughs> I think there are different people. We have people in our organization that like to wake up late, right? And I think you can notice a a distinct, you know, just kind of downfall in work or, like, work ethic if you get the person that wants to wake up early to wake up late or come in late or kind of vice versa, right? And so for me, I just like to wake up early. I I naturally do. My body gets up early, but I also like to go to sleep early. Mm. Um, And so between, you know... 9 30 and 11 i'm in i'm like getting ready for bed yeah um where there's people my cousin works like till two or three o'clock in the morning and he doesn't wake up till 11 yeah um he has kids now so he's, he's, <laughs> so he's he up at 5 30 yeah with me, he, he but, can't um, he yeah. can't he can't do that anymore yeah especially with the kids kids got to get to school and exactly all that sort of stuff. so um so tell us a little bit about sutro and what sutro is and what it's trying to do and sort of yeah just I'll let you, you know, lay it all out, the whole, like, journey, because it's a cool little story. On yeah. Um, so today, Sutro is a, the way I like to define it, is a robotic device that helps you keep your water safe. Um, the technology is built off of a platform that allows us to take existing lab-based technology to measure water chemistry, right? Is your Is your water safe? Is it not safe? And the words safety breakdown from basically parameters in the water, right? Your pH, your nitrates, your your arsenic, your lead. Um, and depending on what you're using the water for, 
safety can mean different things, mm -hmm. right? For your pool water, you probably want really high chlorine, so you can kill the bacteria, but you probably don't want to drink that water, um, nor do you want to use that water to plant your, you know, your vines that you're going to be growing for, for your, for your wine that you're about to about to make. Um, you want a really high nitrate content there, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that's good water for for plants. Um, so what our technology enables is basically for you to be able to measure any type of water. Depending on the application, we can tell you exactly what is or is not good for that particular application. Um, our first application that we're going into, which you probably heard earlier, was for pools and spas. Um, and that kind of impetus came from selling it for drinking water to the Indian government and then backtracking all the way to swimming pools and spas because of Dad's pool store. And so we currently measure three parameters, pH, free chlorine, alkalinity. You drop the thing into your pool. The app tells you what chemicals to put in, and if you don't have them, we, we connect you to them. We can tell you to go to a pool store. We can tell you to pick them up um, from the pool store. And so that's kind of the that's – the, that's the V1.0 model today. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. Like, I've been working with you for – so it's been over a year, right? Yeah, I think about a year, year and, and a half. About a year, yeah. year and a half. And this is sort of my first exposure to pool and spa, and I never knew how uh, huge – the market is there's like what 14 million pools in the u.s or 14 something million pools and spas yeah i mean about 12 12 percent of the u.s household population has a pool or spa yeah which is insane yeah i mean that's i never knew that and and you know as a kid i you know we were never rich enough to have a pool <laughs> we had well that's not true we had the little like blow up pools, blow -up pools. <laughs> yeah, would yeah, break yeah. and we never put chlorine in them or anything like that. So that probably explains a lot about, you know, all the... Anyway, um, so in, in why why is it so important um, to automate that? And is there, like, is there a lot, like, a lot of friction on that process? Because it, it seems to me that if you're going to buy a pool and you sort of know, okay, I'm going to have to put stuff in it... Mm -hmm. But I, maybe you just don't know how much of a pain it is. I mean, like, explain a little bit more about that because I think that's sort of the thing that was super fascinating to me. Yeah, I mean, I think when people when people buy pools, right, or if they if they look at a house that has a pool, the vision they usually have is of you know their their daughter's second birthday party, hmm. right, having a bunch of her friends over and having the barbecue up and running and having. You know, mom and dad having this cake, and there's going to be people in the jacuzzi and the spa, yeah. um, or you know, these visions of grandeur of like I'm going to take my glass of wine after the kids have gone to sleep, and you know, me and my wife are going to settle down in the jacuzzi, and we're going to like read a book or listen to some music. Um, some Barry White, yeah, exactly. Mood, right? Very, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like hot tub time machine all over again. Yeah. I don't know. We want to go that way. I mean, they made two of those. Hot Tub Time Machine 1 and 2, I think. I have not actually watched those. Oh, I need well, to check them out. I mean, that should be the, the Sucho movie of the week. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll do like a team outing and watch it. <laughs> it's so silly in a funny way, but yeah. Um, and so, you know, people people buy or think they're getting themselves into that, right? They want that end vision. And what they, what they tend to don't calculate or forget is the process that it goes to maintaining and managing that, mm -hmm. right? And so... Water is a complex thing. I mean, it's it's literally part of the world's biological process, right? There's yeah. there's rain, there's plants. Like these, this thing is a cycle, and 
there's bacteria that gets inside water. I mean, you're looking at literally a chemistry equation in front of you if you remember back to your high school or college chemistry class. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, there's dipsticks. You have to dip them inside. You look at different colors, and if the colors match or don't match, then based off of your volume in your pool, you do a calculation. You put so much of chlorine inside there. Is it 10% chlorine, 20% chlorine? Well, you got to half the amount then. Right, you should like take out a little Excel sheet, which many of our customers actually have. Yeah. Um, and so automating it basically gets you to that end vision without you having to worry about all the chemistry. Right. Um, and that's that's basically what we sell, right? We sell the ability for you to sit in your jacuzzi with, with a glass of wine or for you to have your daughter's second birthday party without your pool going green. Right. Um, and that the basis, the, the, the kind of machine learning of all that stuff is the sensor, is the is the analytics, is the way that we understand and measure water chemistry. Um, and so that's the that's kind of that's that's the why. That's that's why we do it. Yeah, safe water is important. Um, I mean that's been my kind of experience throughout this time. It's just it's just a, such an interesting like it literally is an experiment in your backyard. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you look at still water and you let it go far enough, you're going to get a green pool with algae that has a bunch of mosquitoes. Yeah, right? like yeah. It's just amazing. Like things it, will start to grow in it. Things will start. Yeah, exactly. If it's not properly maintained, like uh, I, I think a hundred percent of still water will have mosquitoes and algae growing in there because it's it's the biological form of life that many animals and like critters need, especially if it's like hot enough. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, complex um, and crazy that it's 14 million just in the U.S. and I'm assuming like what triple that or quadruple that around around the world. It's yeah. just a lot. Yeah. Um. So any um, anything that's sort of uh, in your mind, like if someone's getting into being an entrepreneur and you know kind of wants to uh, figure out. Like, oh, is this right for me? Is this not right for me? What What are some of the things that you would like tell them? Like, say, you know, you know, Uncle Robbie, <laughs> one of your nieces or nephews comes up to you and says, "I want to be an entrepreneur," and you're like, "Okay, stop." Okay, let me tell it to you straight. So, what What are some of those things that like you've learned over the years? I mean, you're not that old, so like, there'll be, you know. I'm sure some. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> not, I think, not a ton, I would hope. You're like, I'm not jaded yet! I'm not jaded yet! <laughs> I mean, I think it starts with... It starts with the problem. Hmm. Right? Like, I've talked to so many founders that have this crazy solution. And they're like, oh, look at all this technology. And look at all those engineering hours. And all these lines of code we've done in this thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's your problem? Why are you, Like, why are you solving this thing? Yeah. Right? And like... You can you can go back to Sutra and like, did we have to develop a robot that does it in this particular way? No, like we could have made the best pool service company in the world, right? We could have yeah. sent, we could have made the best trained professionals that go around and make it the most efficient to go to more homes. We did not have to develop technology to do that, right? And so I think there's many solutions that can fit the problem properly. The base of the question is like, what's the problem? What are you solving? Why mm-hmm. like why do you want to solve this thing? And so I think for any entrepreneur, the only way you're the only way you're going to really tackled through the ups and downs is to really go back and look backwards and be like, this is the problem I'm really trying to solve, right? When you're at year three and you can't raise money or you've like lost your last thing or you have to lay off your team, you started this thing at day one to solve a particular thing that you probably were having a problem with. Mm -hmm. Solve that thing, right? That's, that's what you need to, that's what you need to go back to. So I think that's what I would tell the entrepreneur is make sure the, the problem is like drilled into the soul of, of your heart. So you like, no, this is the thing I'm trying to solve. I, I was trying to solve 
water. Like, I just know water is going to be a big issue. I saw it in India. I've yeah. seen it in India throughout my years of visiting there. Yeah. Um, I just so happen to be working in pools now, right? Like, eventually, I do want to get into water writ large, but yeah. there is a path in which you get there. And so... Well, I mean, also the experience with, you know, being a pool boy. Yeah, that it too. Must be like, I mean, I think, you know. <laughs> just imagine in your head, Robbie in the pool boy shorts, you know. Yeah. Cabana yeah. club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we joke about that. We actually have a cabana club. For we do. Yeah. It's, it's where all the VIP guys hang yeah. out at. <laughs> it's really cool. Um, so, okay, so it's basically like what problem are you trying to solve and solve that problem as opposed to, oh, this is some great solution in search of a problem yeah 100 percent. yeah i've seen that before as well sometimes the technology is very uh, alluring where you're like oh i could do all this great stuff and you're like yeah but why yeah what's what's the reason you know i mean i, I yeah i sometimes i mean and, and i know from experience because i've been at several companies where we were had a solution in search of a problem yeah yeah which is never fun because mm-hmm. You know, it, it it's hard enough to get a solve something. It's even worse when you've got this like whiz bang cool thing, and then you're like, oh well, what problem can we solve with it? And everyone's like, oh gee, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then you then you start to just go down the path of like, well, I'll pivot, I'll do this, I'll do that, and you're kind of like, okay, well, again, why are we doing this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, f- the future wise, I mean, you think, what do you think about? Sutro, what you're trying to do, but more importantly, like the general kind of like way the world is going. I mean, you can start off with water because we all know water is important. But like from what you from where you sit, and how how do you think like things are going to progress? I mean, the world's getting more complicated, or at least more volatile. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's going to just be a big push around the world towards towards infrastructure mm. um water being a pillar in infrastructure mm-hmm. right water shelter roads internet mm-hmm. um data on top of all that like these yeah. things will need to be figured out somehow you look at the u.s's infrastructure it's crumbling yeah um china's building at breakneck speeds you know india has dirt roads still like yeah. but they leapfrog technology on cell phones or, or landlines because they had cell phones and right. so like I think if we can figure out this infrastructure question in the lens of, of climate change, right, we're going to be mm-hmm. getting more fires in California. I mean, like, yeah. I literally have extra, like, N95 masks at my home because I just know next summer there's going yeah. to be another fire. Yeah. And I don't have any air conditioning at my place because San Francisco is built with none. Yeah. Um, there's no air conditioning. Yeah. So it's like, how do you, you know, how do you solve the gas masks problem, right? Yeah. Like, just these very simple things that we know that we're going to have more and more events of. Um and I, I put it all under this this kind of umbrella of infrastructure. Mm. Um, so if you ask the question of, like, where do I think the world is going, I think we need to, like, figure out infrastructure. Mm. Um, and that rolls into a bunch of others. It's, it's super open-ended in the, center, in the terms of, you know, gas masks is one example. Yeah. Like, Tesla is another. Like, how do we solve transportation? Yeah. Um, is autonomous driving going to be interesting? Like, yeah. you know, it's just... You can go on and on and on, but that's kind oh, of yeah, no, you where can, I would... You can dig down deep in the rabbit hole. So yeah. so, 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 kind of seeing all that from the high macro level, what, what do you think on the daily level, on the like the micro level is like things that, that you see? Like, oh, I make decisions every day 
because I know the world's going this way and mm-hmm. I make decisions every day to do blah. Is there anything that you like consciously make a decision on from a daily basis that kind of shifts your thinking on that? Yeah, I mean, I just, I try to keep more of an open mind. Hmm. And and I mean that from looking at one thing, right? A lot of governments are sucking in now. There's much more like nationalism going yeah, on around right. the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's definitely a trend. And, you know, is globalization good, bad? Like, I'm not here to answer that question. Yeah. Like, I think local economies are good. I think we can provide a lot and, like, reduce a lot of the supply chain burden on on the climate by yeah. producing locally. Yeah. Um, so just taking that one example as a trigger, right? Like, yeah. Sutro has a hardware product. How do we build our supply chain to make sure that we're sustainable for the future? Yeah. Um, so well, I mean, the best example of that's the, right now the, the coronavirus. coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we started building in China five years ago. Yeah. And we're, we're kind of stopped at our factory right now, right? Yeah. As, as this, as the time of this podcast, yeah, China is still locked up and they're not allowing shipments to go in and out. Right. Right. So, yeah. I mean, by the time this is, uh, published my guess is it'll be open (laughs) we hope so i 100 percent hope so yeah but i mean yeah like so some of that the macro world level impacting the micro world level because i mean you know like like i like i think i told you before i mean for me the the daily things are what build up to the sea change that happens so Mm -hmm. is it you know do you, instead of, you know, taking a Lyft or an Uber, you walk or take the bus? Or yeah. instead of, you know, eating, you know, a steak or, I don't know, or chicken or whatever, you choose to something else. I mean, yeah. are there, like, things on it, you know, that, that you're like, hey, I think this is a good idea. I want to do more. Yeah, I mean, I think from, from like, my personal life building up, right? Like, I, like, dietary-wise, I've gone almost 100% vegan mm, okay. um, just because I feel like meat is a huge burden for the climate and also like i don't frankly know what they're putting inside there right that's and true yeah. you made the same argument i don't know what they're putting inside your vegetables but it seems a little bit more cleaner than than you know eating the hormone infested meat that we're eating unless yeah. i know it's I mean, sustainably farmed yeah or you grow it yourself or I, yeah um so that's like one of the choices that i that i make if i have a choice to vote my dollar i'm going to vote towards a vegan meal mm-hmm. um you know in terms of of transportation and walking around i try to take the bus every morning mm-hmm. um you know, I try to use like electric scoots around the city if I really need to get somewhere in a hurry. Um, use a lot of the last mile transport, like mm-hmm. um, Bird and Scoot and all that stuff, to limit the burden of Ubers on the street. Yeah. Um, in terms of you know the way that I run my company, right? A lot of um, the decisions we make are around sustainable packaging. Yeah. Right? Like. If we're going to ship a million sutros, I'd like to make sure we have the least amount of burden on the packaging that we sell. So we've opted to use less paint in our boxing. If you look at our boxing, it's um, it's basically a negative print that just pulls out the white color from the box, and it's just an outline. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use paper pulp for the inside. We don't have plastic and foam for the actual device's right. um, internals. Um, and these were all like notable changes that and decisions that we made in the very beginnings of the package design. Right. Um, so... Yeah, I think. Do you think that given what's going on with the example of the coronavirus, that more people are going to start manufacturing here in the U.S. or at least move out of China or have backup plans? I mean, I think I read the other day that Apple's going to miss its earnings because of... Uh, oh, you sent me that. I think I sent you that, yeah. yeah I've, been, I've been tracking the, uh, the COVID-19, <laughs> yeah. figuring out when they're going to open their borders yeah, again. Yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, so do you think... I mean, you know, we all are interconnected. I mean, I think yeah. we're never going to not get that way. But, I mean, I'm always of the philosophy that, uh, you know, change happens locally. And, and you really should, like, make sure that your local environment is can sustain you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, I generally think that, you know, free trade and what people are good at within reason, you know, it's a good, good thing because like, you know, you can, you can make the world a better place if you have that sort of mm-hmm. open-minded attitude. But, so, but do you think that, uh, people may be like, Oh man, maybe we should re reinvigorate manufacturing here. I think the there's going to be like a second shift, right? I think, there, I think this is, this is like a big forcing function Yeah. Um, for people to at least partially diversify. Yeah. Um, I don't think you're going to see the pendulum move all the way to like, let's build up American manufacturing. Yeah. Um, but I think it is a forcing function. Yes. Cause I mean, you know, this could be the start of a, you know, global slowdown. Yeah. I mean, this, this certainly seems to be, have all the indication not to be doom and gloom, but I mean, you know, we've been on a tear economically for the last decade <laughs> or more. Yeah. And so if you're doom and gloom, you're like, well, it's got to end sometime. And yeah. If you're optimistic, yeah. you're like, well, you know, the, the past really doesn't predict the future. And <laughs> But I am, you know, personally, like on a daily basis, like being very conscious of, yeah, yeah, you know, making sure that the, the burn rates are low and stuff like that. You know, like really, I think it's important that we at least try to live within our means and and, 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 and think of things like this. Because, again, like, China's been shut down for, what, almost a month? Just about a month. Just yeah. about a month. I mean, they came, coming off Chinese New Year. Okay, that's a week or two, and then... It's been about two weeks. They're not two weeks since no one's been doing anything. And for, you know... For good reason. For good reason. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want, you know, the pandemic, you know, again, I didn't mean this to go this negative. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, I mean, I think it does show... Again, getting back to like the daily things we can do and the intention of trying to make ourselves and our community again mm-hmm. is which is important to. I wouldn't necessarily mean mean a hundred percent sustainable within our own thing, but I mean you could definitely think about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so I mean, any anything else you want to end on or like like words of wisdom? You know, I mean, you've lived. Not as long as I have, but (laughs) you've uh, spit some wisdom. Yeah, I mean, I think it sounds cliche, but just uh, persist, right? For any for any entrepreneurs out there, which I seem, you know, probably a lot of people listening to this podcast, maybe entrepreneurs and creatives, creatives, authors, you know, just people that are like trying to figure out how to create. Yeah, and 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 even though it's called the Daily MBA because that's my blog. Um, it's really about like that attitude, that entrepreneurial attitude can pretty much be applied to anything. Yeah. And persistence is a huge factor. Just say persistence. Like persistence, yeah. five years of building hardware has only strengthened my persistence. Like you just, you, you don't, you don't stop and you can't stop and I won't stop. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know that firsthand yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from working with you. So, uh, really appreciate it, Ravi. Um, great conversation as usual. And I'll, put all of the links to what we talked about including maybe you'll tell me about them maybe you'll tell me about the aliens after you'll see you'll see if the link shows up on the on the, on the podcast <laughs> i'm just joking i just think it's funny because i was talking to a friend of mine they're going to palm springs okay 
And in Palm Springs, outside of Palm Springs, there's this thing called the, and I'll put a link to it, it's called the uh, Integratron. Uh-huh. And the Integratron was built by a Lockheed engineer back in the 50s. And I'll probably screw this up. I'll, I'll do the right name later. But he basically built a perfectly spherical structure uh-huh. made of entirely of wood, no nails, and it's perfectly spherical. And what happens is, is it resonates the sound whatever sound you have. So what they do is you can do you can do a sound bath in it. Okay, cool. <laughs> and so you go in there and they have these like crystals. And I don't know if anyone's probably seen these things with these massive like quartz crystals and you take a little stick yep. and you go... Yeah, yeah. Right? So what you do is you sit down and you face your feet inward and your head's out where you look up and it's perfect dome, just perfect dome, no nails. And so what they do is they come in and they... They say, okay, we're going to give you a sound bath treatment. Sure. <laughs> and then, you know, this whole thing. And, it, like, your organs rattle. Your whole world just rattles because you're, like, getting all these this en- energy, right? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you meditate. I fell asleep during this whole thing. But the reason why I bring up aliens is because the reason why it's there is because this guy, which I don't remember his name, aliens visited him at that site. Oh. <laughs> and so he's all like, right. this is the energy of the aliens. <laughs> And there's special water anyway. Okay. But and I, I think it's called the Integratron. I, I always mess it up. But if you're ever in Palm Springs, it's an hour, I think Probably it's an east. hour east into yeah. the desert. But uh, it's uh, it's pretty relaxing and pretty kooky. I'll <laughs> you drink, go check it out next time I'm in Southern California. <laughs> and you drink the water. They have water at this. Anyway. So anyway. So I'll. But anyway. So. I'm just on the alien. It's been on top of mine. So. <laughs> but I really appreciate your time. and um, Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll just uh, stop it there. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learned something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting thedailymba.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better, as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur, and frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter, at The Daily MBA, and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest that you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about in this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better.